Welcome back to the most accurate podcast here at 4 for 4 Football. As always, on Monday at halftime, I'm your host, John Daigle, to preview the Week 6 waiver wire column that will always be waiting for you on the homepage by Monday afternoon at 4for4.com. And this week, you already know the cover boy, the cover image of Ken Walker waiting for everyone in shallower, perhaps some deeper leagues, but nonetheless, the drop list and numerous pickups for both your shallower and FFPC high stakes leagues are all waiting there for you. And a reminder, we are here tonight because of our friends at Sleeper. Brought to you, this podcast by Sleeper, one of the fastest growing customizable fantasy football platforms in the industry. And that's because the Sleeper waiver wire pickup of the week is the player I've already referenced. And that is Ken Walker, who is now stepping in in place of Rashad Penny for the rest of the season. If this were the beginning of the year, I think we could argue another running back that we'll get to in a moment should be prioritized over Ken Walker. But given what we've seen from Seattle the past three weeks in increased pace, increased 60 plays per game compared to 48 plays per game in weeks one and two, also 7.7 yards per play from this offense and two soft matchups in weeks three and four, but against the Saints for Geno Smith to still average over 10 yards per attempt, this offense is humming along. And now it is all of Ken Walker's to take over in this backfield for the rest of the season. And just in case you don't know Ken Walker and his profile coming out of college, only one season in the Big Ten with Michigan State, but still led the FBS in yards after contact and forced missed tackles in his lone year there, tying Jonathan Taylor and, oddly enough, Rashad Penny for the most yards after contact per carry. So at 4-3-8-40, at 211 pounds, he does offer the elite archetype profile and explosiveness we want in a juicy offense that has friendly upcoming matchups against the Cardinals, the charge, the Cardinals twice, I should say, the Chargers and the Giants in the next month. So yes, we absolutely want to splurge on Ken Walker. So much so, I am suggesting 70 to 90 percent fab if he happens to be out there in your waiver wire league and you've been waiting to actually spend on a viable RB1, RB2 outlook as opposed to the guys we've had to shuffle through for less fab the past few weeks. Caleb Huntley, Tyler Agir, Mike Boone, the list goes on. Ken Walker is our guy. Now, if looking past him for some deeper leagues, the sleeper of the week would be Eno Benjamin. And Eno Benjamin is where we need to temper our expectations a little bit because, yes, eight carries, four targets this past week because James Conner, rib injury, Darrell Williams, injury, and then Jonathan Ward, special teams running back, hamstring injury, leaving literally only Eno Benjamin for the rest of the game. And remember, James Conner's already left the game early this year in week two. And what I worry about is that Darrell Williams actually outcarried you know, Benjamin in that game, eight to five, and got both of the teams running back carries inside the 10 in a competitive game in week two to close it out. So if all of them are out again, sure, you know, Benjamin is a usage-based RB2. But if Daryl Williams gets right and gets healthy for this game, I actually think he is the better player to have than Angel Benjamin. So I am tempering my expectations and not splurging here on Benjamin in particular. Remember, head to sleeper.com or download the latest app to get in on those pickups today. 
Another running back who we need to discuss that's available everywhere is Tevin Coleman. And what we saw was a season high in snaps for Tevin Coleman and 11 touches on those 19 snaps. Whereas Jeff Wilson, he played 70% of the team snaps in weeks three and four without Tyrion Davis-Price available, with Jordan Mason available just on special teams, and Tevin Coleman, of course, active in week four, but just one offensive snap. No big deal. But then for Coleman to pop up and get the same usage practically that Tyrion Davis-Price received in week two, because remember, that's when the 49ers used two running backs. Jeff Wilson had 18 carries in week two, TDP 14. This week, Jeff Wilson had 18 touches. He averaged over seven yards per carry, so we still got there on the box score. Tevin Coleman, 11 touches. And more importantly, through three quarters before this game became the route it did, Jeff Wilson outtouched Tevin Coleman 12 to 4. So Coleman was still heavily involved, enough so that he was cannibalizing Jeff Wilson. What this tells me at least is that we're swapping Jordan Mason, wherever we stashed him as a contingency option, for Tevin Coleman on deeper waiver wires. But more importantly, with the bye weeks coming up, maybe Coleman does offer enough juice as TDP did in week two to provide flex league value, best case scenario, while also being a contingency player moving forward. That's why we're picking up Tevin Coleman. Some of you in shallower leagues, maybe even deeper leagues, will have an option between Alec Pierce, who now we've seen his target share increase in every game since he returned in week three from that concussion. So much so that he actually led the team with a 21% target share this past game that we never will talk about again against the Broncos on Thursday night, or Khalil Shakur, who stepped in for Isaiah McKenzie as Isaiah McKenzie. Third most routes on the team, a route on 70% of Josh Allen's dropbacks, worked exclusively from the slot. And if you need flex value immediately, you have Amon Ron St. Brown on by, you have Devontae Adams on by, and you have to plug those players up in a three wide receiver, one flex, two flex league. Short term, Alec Pierce is your guy. But even if Isaiah McKenzie were to return this week, of course, we don't know. We're recording this on Monday. The concussions may linger for him heading into this next game. If you don't need Pierce's targets, I am still betting on Khalil Shakur long-term just in case his explosive performance with the touchdown in this past game does allow him more playing time around McKenzie and also a contingency wide receiver since we clearly want any of the starting three wide receivers in Buffalo's offense. Short-term, Alec Pierce. Long-term, we're still betting on Khalil Shakur as our bench stash. It's also important this week that we keep our ears to the ground for injuries because the world is quietly our oyster at tight end if we are paying attention to injury reports. Kate Otten, in place of Cam Brate this past week, for example, elite usage, 13.5% target share, team high two red zone targets, and a route on 86% of Tom Brady's dropbacks. I would call that a top 10 tight end if Brate is out again. I will have no issues going right back to him in place of a lot of players like Gerald Everett, like Evan Ingram, like Irv Smith, that we are reluctantly starting. Hunter Henry, quietly, without Jonu Smith, a season high, 98% of New England snaps. Ran around on 82% of Bailey Zappi's dropbacks and recorded a 23.8% target share. Again, elite tight end one usage. Also, short-term turnaround would be Hayden Hurst because while Mike Thomas, not the Michael Thomas, Mike Thomas, the fourth receiver for the Bengals, is stepping in and running routes 
for T. Higgins, who has now left three games early. And we obviously had the rug pulled out from under us this past week with T. Higgins' ankle injury. We've seen that Hurst has logged 81% of Cincinnati snaps and the with the second most targets on the team this past week in the two games that Higgins has left and not returned for this season. So I would actually think averaging seven and a half targets per game in those two contests that Higgins didn't return for, I think Hurst is actually the pivot that we would use if T. Higgins is out. Something to monitor as well. And then, of course, we can't talk tight ends without Taysom Hill, who is currently the tight end three in fantasy points per game. And only Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey have as many top three finishes, three each on the year, as Taysom Hill. If you do not want to play Taysom Hill at his worst, you don't deserve him at his best. After he played a season-high 30% of the snaps, and now we've seen, although it likely doesn't correlate, we've seen the three games he's been healthy for and played 20% of the team snaps, at least in those games, he's scored a touchdown. So right now, we're equating 20% snaps for Taysom Hill to tight ends and worse offenses running a route on roughly 70% of dropbacks because Taysom's usage is concerted and just much better. So if we're going to take an egg at the position anyhow, right? Tyler Conklin this week, C.G. Ozoma ran more routes. Tyler Conklin, a season low on routes run. If we're going to take those eggs, just take them with a guy who also can win your week at that position, and that's Taysom Hill. So if all the other injury fallouts don't happen in our favor for the other three tight ends I talked about, we're going right back to Taysom Hill. Some deep cuts before we get out of here. We know Damian Harris is now battling a hamstring injury, and soft tissue injuries tend to linger. J.J. Taylor has been stuffed on the practice squad. Kevin Harris has been on the practice squad all season long. That tells me the player we should be stashing for deeper leads is Pierre Strong as our contingency option since he has been, at least on the active roster, all season. Thus, we are valuing more than J.J. Taylor, who I'm expecting to at least get promoted, assuming Damian Harris is out this upcoming week and maybe even for the next few games. With Kendall Hinton for the Broncos, not available last week in the worst game ever on Thursday night, K.J. Hamler quietly ran a route on a season-high 72% of the team's dropbacks. Only two targets. And Hinton did get promoted to the active roster on Monday. But since he was just not available, we can't assume he's going to be active on game day. And if he's not active on game day, it is a good spot against a soft charger secondary if we can have any faith in the Broncos offense. But in deeper leagues, if you need a plug and play, at least we know KJ Hambler is now glued to the field, assuming Kendall Hinton is not going to be active for this game in a good spot. Joshua Kelly with 10 touches, overthrowing Sony Michelle as the contingency option behind Austin Eckler. Simply put, in deeper leagues, we were stuffing Sony Michelle before. We've seen enough now with Josh Kelly this past game especially, to know that we should just drop Sony Michelle in those deeper leagues and pick up Josh Kelly as the backup instead. He's ranked accordingly in the contingency top 10, which I keep track of. Let's also monitor Trent Sherfield. As we know, Tyreek Hill left the locker room in a walking boot post-game against the Jets this past week. Trent Sherfield will be the team's number two receiver if Tyreek Hill is not available, something to keep an eye on. 
Diami Brown, it's important to note, although he had 105 yards and two touchdowns this past week and an amazing spot against the soft Titans secondary, we should note he still ran just the fourth most routes among the team's receiver. He was a rotational player. Also popped up with an injury on Monday. Carson Wentz also pops up with a shoulder injury as well. So maybe you can squeeze Diami Brown if both are cleared from the injury report. It sounds like Jahan Dotson, who Brown was playing for, will definitely miss this turnaround on Thursday. But overall, just be wary that he was a rotational player despite spiking those two touchdowns this past week. And then finally, if you're watching football on Monday night, you saw Darren Waller leave with a hamstring injury. Perhaps could be a re-aggravation of the hamstring injury he supposedly suffered in the preseason. Foster Moreau was upgraded to a limited practice on Saturday before Monday night in week five. He is not available in week five, but I assume being upgraded on Saturday tells us he will play this upcoming week if Darren Waller is ruled out, or maybe even so since the Raiders are on bye, if Darren Waller can't get healthy through the bye. So again, if you just need a deep stash for tight end, the long con here since the Raiders do go on by, is perhaps stashing Foster Moreau. Since he was upgraded, we assume two weeks from now he will be back. We are just not sure about Darren Waller. Maybe we get an update for the bye. Maybe we don't. We'll have to play it out. Remember, week six, waiver wire calm. On 4 for 4 right now, you can still use the promo code DAGLE10 to get up to 25% off at the site. Until next time, be a little bit kinder than what's We'll see you then.